It is a fast podcast, and I certainly appreciate you taking the time to, to listen in. We're talking food today. It's kind of like every day around my house. Food seems to be a, a subject, to, no matter no matter who I'm talking to, but it's extra special when I talk to someone who's in the business and in the game. And we have Chef Dave Hulaff from Cajun 180 Seasonings. You, you've probably heard them on the big morning show if you listen to the show. If not, 6 to 10 weekdays, what is wrong with you? You can listen on the uh, on the internet. But anyway, we are, we are talking food today and we're talking about these seasoning blends that had a true um i guess inauspicious beginning it was just your seasoning for you and for your friends and had a different name and it evolved over a decade and a half to to kind of get you guys where you are now which is spreading like wildfire over over the south central united states and beyond and of course on on the web folks can buy your your seasonings from anywhere cajun180.com but you are trying to spread the love of what we do here and what you guys particularly do with your seasoning blends in Central America and beyond. So tell me about this trip that you were on recently. That's right. So, uh, well, we're, we're a part of a group called SUSTA, uh, which is through the state of Louisiana, and it's nothing more than a, uh, an initiative that they have to uh, import and export goods from Louisiana as well as any anywhere in the nation. So the nation is divided up. They do have more SUSTAs. They're named something else, uh, obviously, by region. Uh, SUSTA is the Southern United States uh, Universal Trade. And I'm not sure exactly what all the SUSTA means or all the it's ag- important, the laters. It's, it is important. It sounds important. So what they do is they um, they invite different people from the southern region of the United States to then go in on these trade missions to different parts of the world mm-hmm. and to export from the United States and import into their countries. So we actually sort had of the, like a trade show, kind of. That's right. But with an international component. That's right. Embassies get involved. Yeah. And there are rules and regulations that are followed, uh, label adjustments that are followed. So it's it's a big ordeal. So the the response you we were at the the UL football game the other day and you were telling me about this trip. And the response of the people, and again, this is that Cajun thing. What is it about Louisiana? I, this is a fascinating story to me that people look at us as, I don't want to say the the beacon of light for the United States from other parts of the world, maybe from the culinary standpoint anyway, but talk about how they, the reception you, you, you got and, and the response you got with the food products. All I can say is, wow. <laughs> I mean, really. When we got to Costa Rica, we, we took a trip to Costa Rica and Panama, and to go into that country, or those two countries, and to see how people cooked, they cooked just like us. The difference is, is when they purchase their spices, they're individually packaged. Always. Always. And so they're not very familiar with blends and products at all. So to see something come from the United States that was already blended, the number one thing that they said was, wow, you guys make it very convenient. And so that convenience was a was an interesting component, uh, but secondly, they say, you know, it's now it's a convenience product that's coming from one of the places, like you said, the spotlight beacon of the world, where we can't understand that jewel that you guys have. It's the culture that we love, and to hear that in Panama and or to hear that in Costa Rica was phenomenal. So they know Louisiana. They they know about it. Maybe they didn't know all the flavor profiles and maybe they didn't know how the seasonings were made and blended and all that sort of stuff. But they know there's something magical. Look, we say it all the time and you know, I've worked with guys at consultants that'll come in from other parts of the country and will tell me you're just like Poughkeepsie, which is one of my favorite places to say, or Sheboygan or wherever. You guys are just and 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 immediately I'm like you got to be here for a little while cuz we're not. 
So they know that, but they can't put their finger on it, can they? They can't put their finger on it, but they know that we're special. And yes, they do know. Uh, so going into that story of what happened in Panama, uh, we met with a lot of celebrity chefs, which were not on the table for us to do, and they just miraculously showed up, and we couldn't understand why. Somebody's phones rang. Somebody's phones rang, and somebody made some phone calls, and they came through the embassy there. And so last year, uh, they started a program, and it may not have just been last year, but uh, they do something over there like we do here in America called Iron Chef. There in Panama, it's called Super Chef. And it's a culinary school that, um, again, here in America, we when we cook, we like to pick our foods that we like. Mm-hmm. So if we like Cajun food, well, then we typically cook Cajun food all the time. If we like Mexican food, well, then we cook traditional Mexican food. Over there, they like to be cultured. And so, so they and want variety. They and different. love variety. And one of the number one requested things last year during the Super Chef uh, filming was they wanted a Cajun dish. Not just from Louisiana. They wanted it to be Cajun. So the guy who represented the United States last year uh, there was from New York. And when they said, we want a Cajun jambalaya, he Uh-oh. actually had to stop filming, <laughs> go research what a jambalaya was, and he gave them his version. So when we, when we were there and they heard Cajun... Louisiana, we were invited to go back next year to film uh, or to be a guest uh, chef there to film a reality TV show in the with the Panamanians to teach them ethnic the Asian right way food the right way the right so, way. So I mean, again, you can't fault somebody who doesn't. It's not their way, That's right. and they had they've been put on the spot. So well, I'll do the best I can. And you know, I watch cooking shows all the time. Duh, he be figures, doesn't it? But but I watch cooking shows and you know people are trying things like today you got to make a whatever and they have never made that before and they they've never worked with that type of meat or poultry or whatever but they do the best they can with what they know so if you're going to tell somebody make jambalaya and they have no idea the rice cooking process and all that's involved with it and the liquid and how you have to cook it down and you start with this and you they were probably in trouble trying to get jambalaya from some guy from That's New York. Right. Google is a phenomenal thing, but it, it <laughs> doesn't do al- it. it doesn't always work. Right. So I, I, I'm glad I didn't have to taste that, but I'd go down next year and taste yours. So you're invited back, and you will do this, and I'm sure there's a lengthy process to be able to get cleared and, and the whole going through the embassy and getting approval from the United States. But you have been invited back next year to, to do some cooking and some mentoring to teach those guys how to do this, our food, the right way. That's right. And and that's one of my stories that I love to share with people is that my passion for food is not just about food, but it's to encourage people who uh, may not be prolific in the in the kitchen and, and really know what to do, what spices to use. Don't let that stop you from cooking. Experiment. You know, go out there and, and enjoy life. And just like you enjoy life, go out there and indulge in different cultures and learn, you know, and ex- get well cultured with all of those different types of tastes and or flavors. And so going down there to teach these students how to cook Cajun food is a passion of mine to encourage someone to do something that maybe they're not familiar with doing and and encourage them and inspire them to do something different is definitely on the table. And you talked about the the labeling constraints and how, you know, obviously it's language barriers and it's, you can't cool. just take a, a, a an English language product and just put it on the shelf there. But, but you guys are in process right now. Again, they don't have seasoning blends. They have 
if you want sage or if you want basil or if you want cayenne or if you want whatever it is, they've got to buy all those things individually, often probably fresh, but sometimes dried as well. Whatever's right. indigenous, I'm sure they get fresh. But to be able to go into a store and say, I can get that one can and I'll be able to use that four or five times this week when I'm cooking pork chops or whatever it is that they're cooking. You guys are in the process right now of being able to make that happen. That's correct. That's crazy. That is correct. So you're going to be like, by the time you go back next year, you might be like some superhero because cooking just got easier in Panama. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like the mojo uh, seasoning that you love. You know, that mojo was designed for a pork and chicken product. Mm -hmm. But, oh, my God, there are so many things we can turn around and we can actually cook a legitimate, true Cajun dish like barbecued shrimp uh, on the grill or even a blackened shrimp or a grilled shrimp. But you put that mojo seasoning on it and it just gives it a dynamic flavor that is out of this world. It is. I, I, would, I don't want to say it's my favorite, but I discovered and I'll do my own little personal deal here. But and this is the easiest thing to do in the world. I'm telling you, this is easy. I mean, if you a if you have an air fryer, it's easiest of all. But if not, if you aren't opposed to putting a little bit of oil in the bottom of a pan and frying something in your kitchen, or you have a fry daddy, I take. Uh, the, I like the flats best. I don't like the little drums as much as I like the actual small. I, they, I don't like them too big and and meaty because I don't feel like they always cook right, and sometimes they they are overcooked or undercooked. But I get flats and I do a little bit of Cajun gold on them, and then I come back with mojo, shake them before. Put them in the air fryer, 10 minutes at 400, flip them, and I take the grease from the bottom, pour it back over, because a little bit of grease cooks out from the wings themselves, Mm -hmm. pour it back over so it's kind of something to adhere to, and I'll go back with Moho again, put them in for 10 more minutes, and I'm telling you, my whole neighborhood makes them now. Like We talked about it on the radio, and people have asked me, it's the easiest thing to do in the world, but I never experienced that kind of flavor on chicken wings. I like all kinds of wings. I like Asian wings. I like hot traditional buffalo wings. But those wings are so special and unique, and it's just that blend, that one blend with the citrus flavor. You can't beat it. I mean, That's right. And look, I mean, I have two culinary degrees. I'm one. not doing it in a competition <laughs> now because everybody knows what I just right. told them to do. But. but I mean, look, I mean, I have, I have two culinary degrees behind me. One of them is a basic fundamental culinary skill. Sure. The other one is in catering and gourmet cooking. And, you know... While I may sit down and I may fabricate, or I say fabricate, but to conceptually think about something out of the box, look, my imagination only goes so far. So we actually created with Cajun 180 a hashtag that people can use. It's mm-hmm. called hashtag how do you 180. And so for people like you who, who can think outside the box or, or something that I've never thought of, like the Moho Wings, you know, you can share that with people. Because people ask me all the time, Chef Dave, what would you use your seasoning on? And I tell them, but then that limitation is there. And so what I, what I do, again, is I encourage people, try something different. And when you do it, share it with the rest of the world. And so they can do that by using that hashtag in social media. It is, it's an amazing thing. I mean, you know, I've had, you know, I've stumbled into a couple of things here along the way. Just play, I love to play. I always say I have the unofficial test kitchen because I love to play in the kitchen. I'm by myself a lot. And I'll just, if I make a mess, I make a mess. And I don't really care. Like the other night, I had the first disaster that I've had in the kitchen in a long time. I tried to air fry chicken with flour, okay, with a flour batter. And you can, you, according to the recipe book, you can because you put olive oil in it or whatever. And it just, it just didn't work. It just, I'm like, you know what? I'm not opposed to putting a little peanut oil in a black iron skillet every now and then. Just if I really want some fried chicken. That's right. But I was experimenting. I was like, I've never done this. Can I do it? It didn't work for me. I'm sure it's... There's probably a process that it will work, 
but something that I did that was accidental, and again, it ended up being a hashtag, how do you 180, was I had a baked potato, and I put some butter in it. I didn't have you guys make the compound butter, and I'll have you explain that here because I think it's really cool to do this, but I didn't have any of it. I had already used all that I had, but I put butter, and then I just put the Trinity. I didn't put salt. I didn't put pepper. I didn't put bacon. I didn't put chopped up green onions or anything, and I, I, I stuck the fork in it and took a bite, and I was like, I wonder what else I'll have to add. I'll never at home have a baked potato other than butter and Trinity from now on. It is. It was that simple, but it was the best baked potato I ever had. It's phenomenal. I mean, it was nothing to it. It was simple. I mean, you right. guys did all the work for me by chopping up everything and drying it out or whatever. But, but it was so amazing to 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 play with something and say, well, let me see if the, and if it hadn't been you know what I was looking for, then I probably wouldn't have done that again. I would have done something else. I came to work. I couldn't wait to tell everybody. Like, yeah. you got to try this. It's the easiest thing in the world. It's so good. That's right. And and again, being creative, uh, people look at our dry rubs and they they think, well, it's a powder. So what can I do with it? Can I sprinkle it on something? And and you and I have already had this discussion before. You can take that. And because it doesn't have all those other things and it's pure spices, you can actually take it and mix it with stocks, broths. Mm -hmm. You can mix it with oils. And you can actually make it and turn it into a marinade or an injection. Uh, and you can inject, man, just take a, that, that trinity and mix it with a little bit of chicken stock and inject it into your chicken wings or your chicken breast before you put it on the grill. Now you're imparting that Cajun trinity flavor where you can't cut up the onions, bell peppers, and celery and put that in that chicken, but now you can. I don't know if I was supposed to do this, but I took chicken stock and moho and and injected it into a pork tenderloin. Excellent. And I probably would have won, a, won an award, but I didn't have any left to share with anybody. Right. I ate the That's whole right. thing. So, again, experimentation is important. You guys experiment from uh, from almost like a, a chemistry standpoint. I mean, you're pl- get mixing flavors, and what tastes best with this this combination of flavors? And let's put that out on on the street but like you said, your 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 mind only goes so far. You don't have a recipe book. You can't tell everybody from A to Z exactly what to do with it. But let your imagination go to go to hashtag How do you one eighty? You'll be amazed at some of the things people have done. You making making a you adding it to a barbecue sauce base or or doing the injectables or doing a marinade or doing shrimp a certain way. And I'm like, I never would have thought of that. Yeah, I mean, look, it's phenomenal. We've actually had people that tell us that they put the Cajun Trinity powder in waffles and or pancake batter mm-hmm. and they may, they're now they're making savory breakfasts yep. you know you can sprinkle that on the on the eggs and it, it's phenomenal what the people come back with and then when they share it and tell us it's like wow I didn't even think of that you know so it 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 truly is phenomenal well, what people can do with this stuff chicken and waffles I'm telling you because you don't want super sweet you know, you, you want the waffles to have a little bit of a of um that's right. And you get a that savory from, and you get that from the bell pepper. You pick up that sweet flavor. So good. Uh, now I'm getting hungry. So so you guys now are are like turning a corner, another corner. I mean, obviously you're on the back end and you're doing the research and you're coming up with more blends and you've got one that I think is street ready because I'd like to have some more of it. But but when it's ready, it's ready and it's. You know, to, to, to taste and cook in your own kitchen is different from now we're ready to market this product. There are certain things I know that you guys have to, to make sure are available and, and you know, is this going to hold up and all that kind of stuff. But but as, as the business turns a corner, what explain what you've – the whirlwind that has happened since January 1st of this year. What what does it feel like to now be at this point before the calendar year is done? It's it's kind of overwhelming, actually. Uh, it, it's, it's to the point now where we know now that – and it's a good problem to have. We have figured out we don't have the manpower necessarily to 
turn that corner, so to speak. How do you grow beyond this? How do you without grow beyond it? Yeah, adding a without, staff. That's correct. Without adding a staff, and and it's not that we don't want to do it. Uh, we just want to make sure that when we do it, we do it in the right time, uh, so that way we can still provide that fresh flavor to everyone and, and that fresh product to everyone without without having to do something that we don't want to do. And we want to keep our ethics, morals, and values intact with that. Almost forgot that, uh, and and I don't know why it just popped in my head. You, now I said you were going to tell them how to make this compound butter. I guess you got to tell them how to make the compound butter. Well, the compound butter is com- easy. It's not complicated. No, it's not easy. It, it's super easy to do. It's it's one stick of softened butter. And what we do is we take that butter, we let, leave it out. And of course, you want to use- Room temperature. An, room temperature. You want to le- use an unsalted butter. Because, uh, again, if you want it salty, you can always add the salt afterwards. But always start with an unsalted butter. We take one stick of butter. We lay it out, uh, let that get room temperature, and we'll put that in a mixer. We'll actually whisk it up, and we'll we'll uh, get, get it nice and fluffy. And then what we do is we add one tablespoon for every one stick of butter. Of the Trinity. Of the Trinity, of the Cajun Trinity. And if you want to use the mojo, we can actually use a, a make a mojo compound butter. And we just reduce that the amount of seasoning to half. Okay, so, so you, you use, use a half. half a tablespoon, yes. And so this, and you're saying, well, what in the world are you going to do with that? Everything, anything, Absolutely. put it on a steak. Sure, so Wait. what you do, once the <laughs> once you make that compound butter, obviously it's going to be uh, softened. So what we do is we'll actually lay it out. We'll, put, we'll use moles, um, like ice, ice moles. We'll make ice cubes out of them uh, or a compound butter in the size of an ice cube. That way, if I'm cooking a steak, it's the perfect size to put on a steak on a grill, and it keeps its, you know, its form as you put it on. Uh, one of the other things that we've done recently is Blue Point Crab uh, on the grill. So we've, we've used some medallion. Yeah, I, saw, I saw those pictures. Medallion, <laughs> medallion size uh, uh, compound butters. Mm-hmm. We, um, you know, we've actually put it in plastic wrap, and you roll it back into a shape of a, a butter stick, and you stick it back in the fridge and let it harden back up, and then you can cut it and use whatever size you'd like. And when you cook, and you, you start with, when right. you put one pad of, you know, a, a tablespoon of butter or whatever, there you you're go. coming in with a little extra flavor so, Yeah, flavor so now instead start. of using a pad of butter for biscuits or pancakes, now you can have a savory butter to put on those items. And and I don't get to them too often, but you go to some fancy schmancy restaurant every now and then, and they'll bring you three or four different kinds of butter. That's right. So th- this concept is nothing new but it's how this Trinity seasoning is much more than just we'll add that back into your gumbo or your chicken stew because you cooked your onions down. There's a lot more to it. Again, a happy accident when I did it on the baked potato. I think I was out of green onions and, and I didn't have any bacon. And I was like, oh, boy, salt and pepper. I mean, it'll be fine. But but I sprinkled that on there and I was I was sold. I mean, it was there you go. I was sold. So so as as the. The, the year comes to a close sooner rather than later, and, and you're looking at the expansion, and you guys are like, let's evaluate. Let's make sure we're, we are where we want to be before we, we grow. Uh, what's what's a, the biggest lesson you learned with the, the whole marketing? And I don't mean marketing tools, but I mean just getting out there and sharing this thing. What, what is like the, the, the probably the number one thing that you know now that you did not know when the year started? Is there one thing that you learned that you say, oh, my God, I never would have thought? And I don't know. It, maybe it's how you use the product or how people receive it, but something that's happened that's like was like earth-shattering, maybe being invited to be on uh, I would say, I would Iron say Chef Panama or whatever. Well, it was Super Chef. Super Panama, Chef. Yeah. I would say it's two different things. And number one is don't be afraid to ask the consumer what they want. And then secondly, to listen. Yeah. I mean, that's – and going forward, I think that that's one of the things that – I'm not going to say that we have to improve on, but it's definitely one of the things, <clears throat> excuse me, that even as we develop and grow and we get staff, 
those are one of the things that I'm going to make sure that the staff understands is don't, I mean, don't trample over the, the consumer. You have to stop and you have to listen to what they want because that's what we're that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to give them exactly what they want. And you've given you've given some people something they're going to love right away, but there's always going to be room for growth and change and development, I'm sure. That's right. That's why I, I feel like our brand is important uh, and, and to put the right components out there to make our brand stand out amongst the rest. And I think that's what's going to set us apart is that we do have the ability to grow because of our fan base and our consumers. One story, and you don't have to to get into the nuts and bolts of it, but just a a story that I remember we talked about early on when we were trying all the new products. They were new to us. The the Rimmer, like the cocktail Rimmer. So if you're a Bloody Mary fan, I don't drink a whole lot of the hard stuff, but Bloody Mary's pretty magical. And and you guys, to put this on the rim, some people do salt, some people do salt and pepper, whatever – to do this on literally on a, on a damp rim and then you know have the cocktail, the, the Bloody Mary in it, is an amazing flavor enhancement to the Bloody Mary. And in the mix, no matter whether you use Major Peters or you use you know what, what the, the Tabasco, whatever, whatever Bloody Mary mix you like, adding this in a little bit and adding it on the rim changes the whole thing. But that was a happy accident for you, wasn't it? It was. It was a, it was a very happy accident. And actually what it was is we were trying to develop a seafood boil. And mm-hmm. I can say that now because we're actually going to release our seafood boil I, in December. I kind of had gotten wind of that. That's yeah. why I figured it was okay to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, so yeah, it was it was an accident. We, it, but it wasn't what you wanted. When you, when you used it in one way, you were like, ah, that's not where we want to go right. with this. So exactly the process that we talked about before, uh, that was I created the, the seafood boil that I thought we needed to put out there and once we got it into a couple of test kitchens and they started boiling with it they said man you know it'd be great to have this or it would be nice to have this or maybe there's just not enough of this then i was i was stuck with a product that i couldn't use and we had another guy who was out there in the world who was testing it and he says you know what i made an accident i thought it was location gold and i put that bull mix in my bloody mary and wow yep so what we did is we turned around we actually tried it it was a phenomenal product for that. We went to a competition, and and fast, let me tell you, we were seven-tenths, seven-tenths of a point from walking the stage uh, to collect on that. And so for me to go to a competition and, and know that that was an accident, we flipped it around. We we turned it into a cocktail rimmer. And, again, just to show you the, 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 the phenomenal uh, potentials of that, people actually use that cocktail rimmer, and instead of putting it in cocktails, they'll grow shrimp with it. They'll use it as an additional seasoning. So that's why on our label – we label it as not only a cocktail rimmer, but a premium gourmet seasoning blend. I make uh, I make what I call shrimp salad, and I'll use boiled shrimp with eggs and mayonnaise and, and a little bit of mustard or Creole mustard and, and a little horseradish. And it's something my grandmother made and, and a tad bit of ketchup, just almost like a little bit of cocktail mm-hmm. sauce in there. It's wetter than like a tuna fish mm-hmm. it's kind of salad. I mean, eat it on crackers. I'll eat it on, on bread and, and, or with a spoon and lick the spoon after. But, but I now use the Rimmer as my seasoning blend seasoning for that. I don't use the, the, the Cajun Gold. I use this. There's a different thing in it with the seafood. It was, again, a kind of a happy accident for me. Sure. I knew the background of where it was supposed to sure. be going, so, so it, I tried it, it. It was citrus, and it was the citrus uh, point because we were using – I don't want to throw the name of the company of the right. the blend that we were using out there, but in in the Bloody Mary mix that we were using, the citrus really made all the elements of the flavors in the product that we were using stand out. So it was it was throwing that citrus in there is what separated it from the Lacation Gold. But the cocktail rumor is nothing more than Lacation Gold, and it just has a few amp ups. We put a little bit more celery in it. Um, we added garlic to it. 
and then of course the citrus notes. All right, so so now that everybody's starving that has been listening, go out and get go out and get you some and and cook with it. So kind of give us a rundown of of some of the major places where in South Louisiana, obviously uh, Cajun180.com. If if you want to order it, and I know you guys get it out right away, and we have you have repeat customers all over the place now already. Sure. But but where can folks find this, and 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 um, what, what can they learn from from the website? Wow. So the website is obviously always under construction. We're always developing new things. Uh, one of the number one things that we're always asked to put on it is recipes. Right. We're getting to that. Uh, we're also in the uh, in in the mix of making a, a recipe book uh, electronically that people can get their hands on as well to see how we cook with our seasoning uh, and or what to do with it. Uh, but you can get it all at all the local Rouse stores, obviously Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just opened up two new stores um, in the local Louisiana area as well. Um, you can also get it at Allwood Furniture still carries it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bilo in New Iberia, I'm naming all the names that we started out with. Um, Romero's Grocery, Romero's Grocery in Scott, New Louisiana. New News, all five New News locations uh, across Louisiana. Uh, Benedetto's, uh, Sopranos, um, Cades in in St. Martinville, Cash Saver in St. Martinville. Uh, we actually have some diners that cook with our seasoning, like Richie's in St. Martinville, as one of them that I'll throw out there. Um, you can find it on the tables of certain restaurants that have put it out there just to, to kind of help us in the marketing phase so that people can try it before they go to the store to buy it. Uh, you can find it in some of the local bars where they're, they're showcasing our cocktail rimmer. And don't, don't let's not forget that we also do spiced peanuts and pecans mm-hmm. uh, as well. So we can throw that out there. That's on the, and the, in now the, mix. the, the pecans I know are seasonal because that you, that, that's kind of hard to get those all year long. And the shelf life thing is very important to you guys. That's so, right. so when those are available, they, if they go to the website and let's say they're out of season, I mean, I don't know if they're available right now or not, but if they go and they want to order some, does it say, look, we're, you know, they're out of season. Will they'll be available you yes. know, later in the year or whatever like that? That is correct. So what we, what we do is we'll, we'll put a sold out on there and, and we'll put the okay. market uh, obviously there. And, and that's something we'll do through social media. Hey, look, we'll get ready. It's, it's pecan season's coming up, which it is. Uh, next month, I believe, is, is when they're going to start that. Uh, so it's through the months of November, December, January, uh, the hot times for pecans. So look for them out there. They'll be there. You know, the, I think that, that what I take away from, from every visit I have with you, whether it was drinking $2 beers at the football game, which is, by, by the way, that's the greatest deal in America to go to a football game and get $2 beers. But but to, to talk food and to, to sample some of the things that you guys have brought in over the last six months or so for us to try or trying at home, it's I really take from you the, the love of cooking and wanting to inspire people to just try. I mean, how many people have I heard say, I can't cook, I burn everything, whatever. And I've, you know, I mean, it's been part of my life for years with other people that, that I know. And you, you look at it like you, you can if you try, if you're inspired, if you want to, but it's almost like art. Just go out there and, and, and get a get an empty canvas and start playing. Absolutely. And that's, and that's the number one thing I tell people that have never tried a Cajun seasoning uh, or much less our seasoning. And that is everybody's palate's different. And, of course, as individuals, we're all unique and we're all different in our own way. And so, again, yes, just like the, the test kitchen, the, the empty palate or the empty canvas, mm-hmm. just taste it. And whatever your imagination can inspire you to put it on, go for it. Just try it. Cajun180.com is the website. Hashtag how do you 180 And if you haven't 180 yet, search that hashtag. That's right. And you'll probably get some ideas that... Uh, goofy people like me who took the empty canvas and started painting with your with your flavor blends um some happy surprises chef dave hulam from 
from Cajun 180. We, we can't thank you enough for joining us. And, and let's do this before the end of the year. When we get into the holidays, here's the deal. I want you to come back, and we're going to get some recipes. Let's let's take some things that, that you've tried, and maybe I'll bring some things in, and let's talk about maybe some out-of-the-box holiday yeah. dishes and some traditional things, too. How about that? We can do that. We can throw some things out there from the competition world that we did. And also on the social media, anybody can follow us Instagram as well as Facebook at Cajun 180. Awesome. Thanks so much for being with us. Not a problem. All right. It's a fast podcast. I can't believe Apple Tunes approved me, but but I'm on the iTunes uh, podcast app. I'm available on, on Yahoo, uh, well, on Yahoo and Google, but also on YouTube now. Uh, this one, by the time it gets to YouTube, it's usually been around for a little while. It's just kind of a slow process over here. But, uh, but thanks so much for, for giving us the time and, and hope you enjoy and come back next time for the next edition of the Fast Podcast.